Hi, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow and thrive in our daily lives. And we are really, really excited and extremely nervous to be sharing this. So nervous. Um, <laughs> or even be doing this at all. Um, but we wanted to start with some introductions and tell you a little bit about ourselves. So I am originally from North Carolina, but I am currently living in Portland, Oregon. Um, after I finished grad school a couple years ago, I just decided that it was time to fulfill this long time dream that I had to live outside of North Carolina. And, um, I just, I don't know. I just, I had one friend in Portland and decided what the heck might as well do it. Um, I work for an education service district there as a behavior specialist. So I, I try to figure out why kids are the way they are and, implement interventions that help them be more successful at school. I also have an adorable golden retriever. Her name is Millie, but also bad girl Mimi after Rihanna. Um, and I live there with my partner, Taylor. And I'm Bracy. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I've lived around here my whole life. I love it here. Um, I live in a fixer-upper with my husband, Sebastian, our two dogs, and a cat. And Anna and I have known each other for a couple of years now, but we met because of one of our friends, Brittany. Shout out to Brittany. We love you. Yeah. She's an old friend of Anna's, and I worked with her um, at my first job right out of college. We were work wives, so um, Brittany brought us together. But once, we, uh, once quarantine started, we have been doing this ladies' night chat where a bunch of our friends get together on, on Zoom and we hang out and kind of, we've actually had some theme nights, which have been really fun. Um, yeah, those have been very cool. Yeah. Uh, but one of the themes was speed dating. So we got to do one-on-ones with everybody. And on on Anna and I's one-on-one, we kind of started chatting. And, and at some point she asked me whether I had considered doing a podcast and... My I first just knew you'd be really good at it. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. But my first response, my my initial reaction was absolutely not because I hate the sound of my voice. So, yeah, it was a hard no from Bracy. Yeah, I mean, it's still weird hearing yourself. I think, but yeah, um, I, it was one of those things that I couldn't stop thinking about. And usually, to me, that means that I need to at least consider it a little harder. So I went back to Anna and was like, are you really serious about this? Or was that like a theoretical question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bracey texted me. Um, and when she did, I was extremely nervous because it was like one of those things where all of a sudden it's real and you have to really think about it and address it. So it feels really scary. Um, and Taylor asked me if I was feeling really nervous because I was uncomfortable, but like excited and wanted to do it, but knew it would be you know, pushing myself out of my comfort zone or if I was nervous because I didn't want to do it, but I didn't want to say no to my friend because I'm such a people pleaser. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like honestly, we didn't think about it for too long when we started talking about it more seriously and just kind of figured it was worth a shot. We're in quarantine. We're not busy anyway. This is probably the best time to try a new hobby. So here we are. Yeah, we're nervous, but happy to be here. Very much so. Well, jumping in, 
We wanted to run through some of our personality types. Which um, is honestly one of our favorite topics. Yeah, and it is has become like a really big topic in our friend group, mm-hmm. which is really cool because I feel like it helps everybody understand each other better. That's my favorite part of personality types is understanding yourself and understanding other understanding other yeah. people. Totally. Uh so the first one is Myers Briggs, which is really the first personality type I think I ever learned about outside of like astrology. Yeah, me too. Um and honestly I think I found it maybe in in college and then it became a really big thing shortly after college when I was still working with Brittany and a bunch of our other friends as well. Yeah. It's definitely dying though, I think. I feel like people mm-hmm. don't put as I much agree. stock in. Well, it. part of it um, is that I think there are so many different types, it's hard to know all of them. So it's harder to like take um, bite-sized information and like actually apply it because there's too many different types for you to specify for somebody else. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so I am an ISFJ. Um, however, I've taken it a couple of times and I've taken some like smaller, probably like a BuzzFeed quiz or something <laughs> like that. Um, and I... I'm so even on introvert versus extrovert. Me too. Um, yeah, Actually, I'm, yeah. I always pull a little more introvert, so that's why I'm an I, but um, it's always super close. It's like 60-40. Yeah, same. And I actually I'm, – I'm an ENTJ, but very often pull INTJ. And I, it's interesting because I think that our introversion and extroversion maybe manifest differently because I don't do well with new people. Um, and I feel like kind of thrive. Yeah, there. you crush it. <laughs> um, so that's really interesting. Yeah, I think I in our friend group am definitely known as the questioner. Yeah, um, I love, love, love to ask people lots of questions, and um, most of I think sometimes people find it super annoying. I loved it. Um, and and maybe because then I didn't have to. But- I didn't have to worry about like being awkward and talking to you when we first met because you just asked me a bunch of questions and it was great. <laughs> yeah. And I think on the flip side, some people love it because a lot of times people don't get questions asked about themselves. And I think it's kind of like a new experience sometimes for mm-hmm. people. And they're like, oh, wow, like they're so interested in me. And yeah, it's just it's a super easy way to connect with people and make them feel Sometimes, though, you use it to deflect. You, you ask that... people questions so that you don't have to answer any. <laughs> that is also true. And I'm sure it's something we will talk much more about. Yeah. In the, oh. in the course of this podcast. But speaking of your questioning, one, one of my favorite stories, I think, from our whole friendship is when I met my husband, Sebastian, and I brought him around Anna for the first time. We were at dinner. And the first thing she did when I went to the bathroom was asked him if he was in love with me. <laughs> and it was like, I don't know, a few weeks into us dating. Not very long. I wish I could remember his answer, but I will say... He said yes. I, okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure I remember from a Christmas party that um, y'all's company had that I wasn't at that he'd like maybe told Brittany that he was in love with you and you guys had been dating for like three weeks. So maybe he told other people before he told me, but I can't be sure of that. (laughs) Yeah. I think he was like, he he was pretty certain from the, from the jump about you. That is true. Maybe we'll tell that story sometime as well. Um, Well, let's do Enneagram because Enneagram is one of our favorite personality tests. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a four wing three and the four is the individualist. If you guys haven't listened or heard about the Enneagram, then there's plenty of like resources online or podcasts about it. It's really fascinating. Um, we also have a ton of 
twos in our friend group, which is really fascinating to me. Yeah. So I am one of those twos. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm a two wing one. And um, the two is the helper. Yeah. So I know we mentioned that I'm a big people pleaser already. Uh, yeah. I love to help people. I like to make myself indispensable, really, to others. <laughs> you do a great job at it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. So we'll definitely be talking about that on a, yeah. another episode. Definitely. Um, uh, the next one we want to talk about was love languages, which this one is kind of an interesting one for me because – and one that I think I should maybe retake at some point because I remember when I took it – so the five love languages, they are what? Quality – Time, physical touch, acts of service, gift giving, gifts, words of yeah. affirmation, and words of affirmation. That's the last one. Yeah. And so I was pretty even on acts of service and quality time. Those are my, those are my top two. I think acts of service was higher, but I distinctly remember when I took it that all the questions that I knew were going to gear me towards gifts. I didn't want that to be my love language because I thought it seemed I've materialistic heard, yeah, and I've selfish. Heard that from several different people, which is silly. I know, but I think whenever I've like um I've talked about it with other people, they're like, Oh no, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that. It means that it's really special to you when somebody like sees something that they know you would love. And so it's really like more equated to thoughtfulness, which is a huge I think all of them are actually. Yeah, that's true. Um, I actually asked someone this recently. Um, if somebody were to like swing by the grocery store and pick you up something like your favorite drink and bring it to you, is that a gift or is it an act of service? I guess it's both. That's what I said. And I think it kind of just depends. But it to me, it's the thoughtfulness behind it that is the important part, not which one it is. Which is actually what Taylor did for me as soon as I walked in the door from my part-time Aww. job. Wow. He was like, here, here's a Coke Zero. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> then he went and got across the street. No. Yeah. Oh, that is so nice. Yeah. Um, the other thing about the love languages that I think um, people might not think too much about is that I think that conditioning plays a part in it and also your circumstances. So it m- they might actually shift a little bit over time because right now, most of us are at home with our partners if you live with them. And... Definitely. To me, that means that my quality time is more than fulfilled. So I don't feel the need for, you know, like I don't feel mm. like I need more quality time. Um, but prior to the pandemic, I might have felt like we weren't spending enough time together. And so that might have felt like more of a way to feel love from my partner. True. And it'll be interesting as hopefully the pandemic ends one of these days, like that transition period and how long it takes to like kind of get back to your normal self. I don't um, think, I think that I really, I think we should talk about this on another episode as well, but I do think that we never will go back to like what we thought was normal before. Like, I think that in the sense of like who we are as people or the world or what do you mean? I actually think it's a little bit of everything. Like the way we work is going to be different. Um, the way we spend time together, like, One of the things that Seb and I have done recently is because we're here together all the time and we actually love spending time together. So it's not like a strain on our relationship at all, but it's sometimes our our time together is less intentional because we're not like going out on a date. Mm, So what we did 
what we did this week was make a date jar so that instead of having a plan to go out to dinner, he can just like pick a something out of the date jar and that's what we'll do for the week. I love that. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but back to love language or sorry, um, yeah, back to love languages. We yeah. um mine is acts of service and I feel like it's almost like a ranking system. It's like what is that your top two or three or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that words of affirmation is probably pretty important to me, but again, I think it, it um, varies. I also got kind of used to it's again, conditioning. My mom is a really big gift giver, so she shows her love through gifts. And so I'm conditioned to be thankful for people who give gifts like the way she does. Cause it feels yeah. like love. Do you think that you have different love languages based on like individual relationships or do you think that you could pick a top one that is true for all, every type of relationship that you have in your life? I feel like maybe it varies a little bit, but I do think that um, there's a difference in the way you give love and the way you receive love. Um, yeah. So like with my mom, she is a gift giver. So I do try to put a little more intention into giving her gifts because I know that that will matter to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Do we want to talk about human design? We sure do. And Bracy is our <laughs> resident expert at human design, truly. So she I love is, human design. She's going to talk about both of us because yeah. she knows so much more about it. Um, yeah. And I'm probably not going to get into too many specifics. Human design is a personality type that's really been on the rise the last few years, maybe. Um, I personally think that it's like the future Enneagram. Like everybody's going to be talking about it in the next few years. Um, it is based on a couple of different things, but they're all based on your time of birth, um, and location of birth. So roughly loosely related to astrology. Um, and there are five different types in human design, but there's so much detail that you can go into. So I'm just going to give a little overview of what we are, um, I am a 6-3 generator, sacral authority, um, and Anna is a 2-4 projector with emotional authority. Um, and I think we'll probably get into this a little bit more, but I'm excited to see how our dan- dynamic plays out. Um, typically, generators have a little bit more like physical energy um, to like work on projects, kind of like this podcast, but also projectors can tend to help guide people. Um, there's a lot to do with the way you make decisions in the world. And like, for me, my sacral is how I decide to move forward on things like listening to my gut response, things like that. So human design is really fun. And there are, there's so much information you can learn from it. So we'll probably talk through more of it as the podcast progresses. Yeah, it, it truly deserves its own episode because it's so involved, but a lot of it is, I mean, at least for me, and I know for Bracey too, when we've talked more in depth about it together, um, it's so accurate. It's like kind of scary Insane. Yeah. how much and, it knows about you. And I like it because it's very actionable. Like it helps guide you in the way you do things and the um, correct way to do things rather than from your conditioning. 
um, ways to decondition. There are all, there's nine different centers and whether a center is defined or undefined can be a really big impact. And that's like something that is easy to kind of work through and pay attention to. So I would say that more than any of these other personality types, human design helps guide you in your life more than um, anything else. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to talk about your random things that we decided to share with our growing audience? (laughs) Sure. Um, My three random things. First thing, I have a terrible memory, truly awful I could not tell you what Anna and I talked about last time we talked, which was probably yesterday. So, which was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so bad. I tell the same stories over and over. Um, luckily, a lot of my friends don't have great memories, which means that I'm not like an idiot telling the exact same story to somebody who remembers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> also, I love rereading or rewatching things. Because of my terrible memory, it's like, I know that I love a book or love a TV show, but I don't really remember what happened. So it's like experiencing it all over again, which is actually kind of a blessing. So yeah, that's I mean, like, that's like kind of the best. Yeah. I reread Harry Potter every few years and it's like the first time, which is the greatest. And there's so many details in Harry Potter. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure I haven't reread it, but I am sure if I did, I would be like, oh, I... <laughs> don't remember anything about that. Yeah, Just it I is only a, remember the highlights, I think. It's definitely an intricate plot, but big fan what of rereading the, and rewatching. What's, what's the most recent thing that you've rewatched or reread? Um, rewatched. Well, I rewatch Gilmore Girls every fall, so that's not really that surprising. Um, but I'm also rewatching Criminal Minds right now, so that's probably that one. Wow, that is an undertaking. That's so many seasons. Yeah, I just once you when you're watching it a second time though, you don't feel like you have to pay attention, which is my favorite kind of. I like really hands off TV where I don't have to use a lot of my brain power for it, so it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my third random thing is that. I'm a big DIYer, home improvement stuff. My husband, Sebastian, and I are, live in a house that was built in 1978. And when we moved in, hadn't had a single update made to it. So we still had like brown, nasty carpet. And it was uh, quite the undertaking, but we're getting there. So um, yeah, love that kind of stuff. And do you want to say your three things? Okay, so my three random things that I want to share, I actually have a really good memory, but only for very like random things that hold no value to (laughs) most people. So it's a a pretty much a useless skill. And I have a really poor short term memory. Um, But like long term memory, I'm like, I can remember things about like what people were wearing uh, when they said certain things or um, where we were, what we were eating or something like, yeah, just is a lot visual? of like, little, ra- is it like, a yeah, very visual I think memory? it is visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good memory on like little unimportant things like that. Um, yeah, not probably average to below average memory on everything else. Um, I also really love trying new things, especially, if it is related to like skincare or just self-care <laughs> in general. Um, big fan of I, self-care. Yeah. Big fan of self-care. Um, yeah. I like to, yeah. Any like 
new beauty secret or um, or treatment or whatever, I love to go try those. That's definitely a place we differ because I'm maybe the most low maintenance person on the planet. I couldn't tell you the last time I did a, like a mask or something like that. Oh my god. It's a weekly. It's a weekly thing. It's and I have they're all in my fridge and they're wow. it's an array of them. Um yeah. Maybe I mean, we should do a self care episode. Oh, that to would, maybe explore why you Well, I just think myself self care would be different than yours. Like it's That's just true. not beauty it just related. Looks different. Right. It doesn't have to be laying up in a robe with a mask on. Exactly. I love a robe. Love a robe. <laughs> okay. Just Robes are in. I mean, I don't have a problem with masks. I just don't make the time for them. Okay. Well, well, that sounds like something we need to explore. Okay. Um, And then my third random bit of information is that <laughs> I take a bath almost every day. I mean. And I have for, man, I don't know, at least since high school, like all of my roommates ever – and my mom can attest, like, when I go home, my mom, the only thing she, like, makes sure it's clean is the bathtub. Yeah. Because she knows that's all I care about. Yeah. Um, And then one thing I think that our listeners should know about me is that I am secretly almost a highly sensitive person. I think I'm, like, on that test you can take about highly sensitive people. I'm, like, one point short from being technically considered highly sensitive, but um, this is probably even news to some of my friends that I'm a very sensitive person because I'm very good at um, playing it cool. Um, yeah, but I internally, yeah, I'm very, yeah, I'm very sensitive, and um, I take in a lot of feelings from others, and I have a lot of feelings myself that I just, but I'm not a big share about those things. But yeah, maybe this think- podcast will change me. Yeah, I think this is another really interesting thing because I'm also very sensitive, but we are sensitive in almost opposite ways. Uh, yeah, like, 100%. <laughs> I cry all the time at the drop of a hat, and Anna never yeah. does. I couldn't tell you the last time I cried. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an interesting yeah difference for sure between the two of us. Yeah. And one thing you should know about me is that I don't really believe in – Anything being black and white, like binary, I'm definitely a big believer in all things kind of being gray, which helps me sometimes see the opposite side of a problem or somebody else's um, viewpoint, which I think is good and sometimes maybe hard. But um, it's definitely something that I think a lot about, just how uh, binary thinking is sometimes really detrimental to understanding each other and coming together. And I think we're going to do a few questions as well. All right. Uh, Do you want to pick out the first one? Sure. Um, Okay. Let's do what are you most afraid of or what do you struggle with the most? Um, I would say... The thing that I struggle with the most is probably telling people how I feel, especially if it is a a negative emotion or I think that my feelings or are going to cause like some type of confrontation um, or make somebody else feel badly. 
it's super difficult for me to communicate that. And I often have to like really work myself up to it um, for like at least a month or, or I just <laughs> never do it. Yeah. I mean, I so, think confrontation yeah. is hard for, for everybody, but I think especially with you being an Enneagram too, I could see how that would be really hard. Totally. And in my family, that just, we just didn't have confrontation. That just like Same. didn't happen. Yeah. Same. And I think it's such an important skill to teach children is how to like resolve confrontation and that conflict can be healthy. It doesn't have to be something that needs to be pushed under the rug or anything like that. Totally. Yeah. And I'm sure as we get more into this podcast, we'll talk about like relationships and friendships and all that stuff and how um, an aversion to confrontation can heavily impact those. Absolutely. Maybe we'll have all our ex-boyfriends on to talk about. Oh God, <laughs> that sounds like how my bad we are. Oh boy, each other. Maybe we can analyze our last, our previous relationships without the other person being involved. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Um, um, what about for you? Well, I think that I would say that I struggle most with overthinking. Um, I overthink literally everything. And I think that stems from a lot of self-doubt, which, you know, we're doing a podcast on growth, so I'm working on it, obviously. But yeah, um, I think that's kind of my like default position is to doubt myself or doubt other people, um, mostly doubt myself. But uh, it it results in me just like turning things over and over in my head, which is where most of my anxiety comes from. And we are absolutely going to be talking about anxiety on the podcast for sure. Yeah, um, many episodes dedicated to anxiety, probably. <laughs> yep. Um, um, okay, a little lighter question. If you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? I think it would absolutely be somewhere in Europe, but I think specifically probably France. I took French in high school and college, so it's the one language that I'm, you know, okay at other than English. Um, plus I studied abroad there. I really love it. I mean, oh, I wine, cheese. Abroad. I did for a summer. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so mostly the food and the culture, but I, d I love Europe in general. So it would definitely be somewhere in Europe. What about you? Okay. Um, I think when I was thinking about this question earlier, I was like, oh, it's definitely Costa Rica. Um, but I actually think that that could be like a real thing that I did sometime. Oh, so really? I think, yeah. So I think we, Taylor and I, um, video chatted with his friend that lives in Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, and so maybe Japan just because wow. I think it, it would be such a different experience than anywhere I've ever been. Um, you guys are so good at just like, we're going to move and we'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> it. Whereas I've um, lived in North Carolina my whole life and I love to travel other places, but there's never been anywhere else that I was like, oh, I definitely want to move here. Yeah, I get that. It's scary. <laughs> it still scares me sometimes and I've been over here for every year now. Um, but yeah, I think Taylor has visited Japan and absolutely loved it and like tried to convince me to move there as soon as he got back. Wow. Um so it's definitely high up on our place to visit. I don't know that I would ever actually move there for a year, but in this scenario of like, if I could just do it and it would be super simple. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Japan. 
Cool. That's an, a really unique answer, I think. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Um, what food will you absolutely not, under any circumstances, eat? Well, I am a vegetarian, so that I feel like if I mean that's so, the you know, answer. all the meats. <laughs> that's that's the answer, I guess. But the food that I hate the most that I would eat, I would eat this over meat, of course. But if I can avoid it at all costs, um, it's black olives. Really, I think even just if they've like been on a pizza, and I can taste like the juice or like whatever it leaves behind, I think it is Do the most Do you like disgusting. green olives? I don't know. I don't know that I've really ever had green olives, but I know I've had have black you ever had like, taste- Have you ever had like the good olives from like the deli section of the grocery store? I don't know that good olives exist. Okay, they absolutely do exist. I love olives. <laughs> I eat them all the time. Okay, do green do the green olives taste similar to black olives? They taste different. Also, if you're if you're comparing like pizza olives, like olives out of a can, that's not good olives. So I don't blame you for not liking those. <laughs> okay, well, I I would be open to tasting a green olive, but absolutely not a black olive. All right. Well, next time you're at my house, we'll do a little olive taste test. Okay, <laughs> we'll have a fancy charcuterie board and yes, have some olives. Absolutely. You know, charcuterie boards are part of my love language. So yes. Um. Okay. What about you? What food would you absolutely not eat? There is only one answer, and it is onions. I hate onions with a burning Are passion. You kidding? Yeah, I, it's been like this my whole life. When I was growing up, my mom would try to sneak them in things. Like she would puree them and put them in sauces, or like cut them up really small and hope I didn't notice. And I, like, I hate is them. It every type of onion. Yeah, like red, yeah. yellow, white. Okay. Like it's so bad that if Seb eats lunch and his lunch has onions in it, I can tell. Like I can smell it mm. on him. It's like a yeah. You're like hypersensitive yeah. to it, and I hate them so much. Which I know is weird because most people love onions, but it is what it is. Yeah, I I in college, <laughs> I used to cut up an onion and cook it and like saute it in soy sauce and just Ooh, eat it plain. That sounds so gross. I love onions. <laughs> oh, God. No. Okay, well. Agree I, to disagree on that one. I guess we'll have an onion party maybe. <laughs> no. On the charcuterie <laughs> board as well. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. You can have the onions. Um, okay. What emotion do you experience the most? I feel like this one is kind of tough because I feel like my negative emotions are emotions that I like pay more attention to. Oh when, yeah, like, in that's reality, true. I did. I'm I was probably. Think, I was just assuming that we were talking about negative emotions, which is maybe bad. But. <laughs> <laughs> so that says a lot about us. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I'm like, I mean, probably just like. I don't know when things are not when things are like normal in my life for the most part it's like oh I'm probably just like happy or content like for like most of the time but I feel like as soon as you ask that question the first thing that jumped into my head is like anxiety and so yeah I guess it's that is anxiety an emotion or is it it feels very emotional I mean obviously it is emotional but I don't know if I would consider that to be an emotion I feel like it's more of a physical state mm. what about if if I changed it to anxious would that be more like a feeling I mean yeah I guess I don't okay. know maybe it's the way I experience anxiety 
Because there's usually an underlying emotion underneath the anxiety. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that's true. You can always like point more to like, okay, what am I really feeling? Right. And it's masking as anxiety. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, Okay. What emotion do you experience the most? Well, to your point, I guess positive emotions count. So positive for my positive emotion, I would say gratitude. Um, I've done a lot of work cultivating my gratitude practice over time. Mm -hmm. And that's something that comes really naturally to me at this point. But as far as negative emotions, I would definitely say frustration. That's like my go-to. And it's also how I know that like I'm maybe not in the space that I need to be in. And that frustration actually has a tie into human design as well, because generators frequently experience frustration. Um, And on the flip side of that, um, satisfaction is something that like generators should strive to feel. Um, So actually finding out my human design was really interesting because it, it highlighted to me how, how often I was frustrated. And then in those moments of frustration, I've been able to at least notice and kind of work away from that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. For our last question is going to be, if you could change your first name, what would you change it to? And my answer to this is I wouldn't <laughs> because I love my name. <laughs> uh, yeah. You have such a unique name. Yeah. And I love my middle name too. My middle name is Campbell. So like, Probably not going to be changing that anytime Your soon. Just really knocked it out. They of the crushed park. it. Honorable mention for them. Yep. Um. What about you? Well, I. Yeah, I would definitely change my name. I don't like hate my name or anything, but I don't think it's. It's just kind of like whatever. It's not like that exciting. There's tons of Annas. It's a word that rhymes with banana, which people <laughs> love. Um, I get that for people named Anna. Right. Um, but I did used to really want, um, so my last name is McNeely. And so a nickname of mine growing up was Anna Mac. And I always thought that just the name Mac was really cool. I like cool. that. So, yeah. That's cute. So, uh, yeah, I think if I was going to change it, it would probably be Mac. Well, now I have to start calling you Mac, right? <laughs> I mean, I would love that. So Great. I'm hoping to get out of sharing this is that everyone in my life will just Great. Everybody listening is- <laughs> should now call Anna Mac. So yeah, please, please. And thank you. <laughs> um, okay. Well, right. I think that kind of brings us to the end of this episode of just kind of a bunch of random information about ourselves. <laughs> we, you know, we, yeah, just kind of wanted to introduce the podcast and introduce each other and all that fun stuff before we start getting into the to the episodes that are going to be more focused on particular topics and focused on growth and all of that. Yeah, and because we are going to be focusing on growth generally over the course of this podcast, um, for our next episode, we will be talking about our specific growth stories, what our growth has looked like in the last few years, and how we're currently growing. So that's um, on the docket next. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening, all three people. (laughs) Thanks to our our friends and family, because that's probably the only people who are listening so far. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But random strangers, we see you. We appreciate you. you. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming. And we will see you all next time. Mm -hmm.